we made the conscious choice of going forward was like, we're just not going to have any junk in the house at all ever. So it's not a fight. What before um, we would have junk in the house, particularly like when we go down to visit my mom or something like that. And it was the word that comes, it's not, it's not a nightmare, but it's like, that, that was like, that's what I remember it as. Yeah. It was hard, like really hard of this constant battle of like, no, you can't have it. No, you can't have it. Okay, let's try something else. Okay, they can have three treats a day. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, then we're going to do like nothing until you're, if you're really good, then we'll go after ice cream afterwards. And like, God, it was like this constant, it, it was that, it was unrelenting constant. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't fun. We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run, always chasing, never stopping. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Excellence. How are you, Ben? Doing great. How are you doing, Patrick? Well, somebody sent us a question. This is totally, I'm starting on a tangent. Somebody asked us a question recently about, we start, we always, we always start the episode the exact same way because it's easy to do that way. But everybody, but somebody asked like, are you guys actually always doing great? Or are you or like, do you guys ever have a bad day? And I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. One, I think that no, but also I don't think people want us to start an episode saying, yeah, I'm feeling like junk today. Well, I, I, so generally, like I, I really am usually doing good, like really, yep. really, really good. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, like really, really good, if not great. Um, but I do like that. I, I, I like how when so before we start rolling, you always come on and you don't say how's it going. Mm-hmm. You say, do you know what you say? No. You say what's new. Mm, that's true. I do say what's that. new can't be answered. So like the, with a default answer of like good, great, amazing. Um, Oh, and it also can't be answered like a yes and no, like everything good, like you okay, like yep. it's like what's new has to be thought about. And I love I love that kind of, you know, that's what I when I I I know we're gonna about to talk about kids stuff, but that's one of the things I do with my kids. It's like mm. try not to give them um, easy if you want to create conversation and kind of get into the psyche of uh, yeah. you know, really connect with them. You can't go like how was school today because like the answer is gonna be good. It's always going to be good. What'd you learn? Nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a masterful instead of, segue. Instead of like saying like, you know, what was the most exciting thing that happened at school yeah. today? Yeah. Yeah. What, I, um, what made you the most bored at school today? Yeah. But I've started to ask, so we'll get, we'll get into this. We'll add some context to this, but this is just fun that we just dove into it. I always ask my four-year-old after he does his school, I ask, did you help anybody today? Love that. Yeah. His answer is always no, but I'm getting. But you should, you should. Yeah, so maybe it's like, um, how did you help somebody today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take away the yes, no. Yeah, yeah. you take away okay, the yes, so no. Let's let's back up a little bit. But that was a that was a masterful segue, Ben. Um, we're going to talk about. Uh, we occasionally we often get uh, questions about around um, parenting, parenting tips, parenting ideas, parenting, um, and oftentimes, unsurprisingly, they are in the world of the five factors, in the sense of like. I'm trying to figure this out for myself. I'm struggling to figure out how to bring this to my own kids' lives or, or myself as a parent, right? 
Um, and so I think that's what we're going to kind of broadly talk about today is just this idea for the of, of the five factors for kids. Um, and I'm really excited about that. I was thinking about prior to this, like when you and I started this podcast, I had exactly zero children and now I have two, mm. which says a lot about uh, one, just how long we've been doing this, but also says a lot about what in my life personally has changed since then. Things that I haven't, I never certainly didn't think about that much prior that I'm thinking about a lot now. And so um, I'm going to take a wild guess and say there are a lot of folks out there who are in a similar boat in the sense of like, maybe when they first fell in love with CrossFit, they fell in love with the CrossFit games. They found this podcast. They, they realized that you were somebody who they wanted to listen to. They were in a different place than perhaps they are now. So it'll be a bit of an, uh, an experiment for us to see if folks are out there, out there are uh, in the same place that we are young kids trying to figure this out, trying to chase excellence for ourselves, but also chase excellence as a parent, help them help our kids chase excellence as well. So five factors for kids. First thing that pops in your mind, like what, what do you start thinking about when, or as it relates to bringing these ideas to, to your home life, to your kids' lives? Yeah. So I think that just kind of like, uh, the five factors in general, like why, what, um, Mm -hmm. I think health is so massively important for everybody. It's just, you know, I think I used this example before, but and I, I stole it from somebody else. But if if you're like chilling in the Mediterranean, the Caribbean on your, you know, 130 foot yacht with a helicopter in the back, but you have a sore throat so much so that like it's excruciating to swallow. The only thing you're thinking about while on that yacht is like how painful swallowing is. Yep. Health has the potential to set up a massive direction of your life. And um, I do believe that we're sort of like, this is, your body is not you. I believe that we are something outside of our body and we are inhabiting this thing, but it's the, it's the suit we get to wear around for the rest of our lives. And if we pay attention to it, yeah, there are some things that are luck. There are some things that are just like genetic, um, you know, whether it's you and you were born with a disease or you got hit by a car, you know, like, but the vast majority of the health that we have is inside of our choices. Hmm. And I think as parents, we have a really big responsibility to help our kids understand that they're in control mm. and that it's the sum of their choices that are going to allow them to, you know, I, I, I feel so bad for the people that are, cause like environment matters so much. We talk about this a lot, but people that are born into a home where they're just like fed the crap, both like in their mind and in their mouths. Um, and they, by age, you know, 33, they have a chronic disease and chronic disease is behavioral. It's choices. I just feel, um, that that's one of the big reasons that I want to do this type of podcast, right. Is to try to like share the little bit of information that I I've gained over the last 10 years. And, um, you know, I know I'm going to look in 10 years from now and be like, I can't believe that's what I was talking about, but it's where I, I am now. So, mm-hmm. um, so, and that's the same way I feel with parenting right now. Like I, I, I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> um, but I also know I'm making a lot of mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I'm, I'm trying to bring as much perspective and awareness as possible to the journey every step along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky enough to be doing this with Heather, who is equally as aware, uh, intentional, and cares um, as much about health for herself and her family um, as I do. So, you know, in terms of getting back to your original question, like where do we start with that? Um, I think the first one is is food. Mm-hmm. I just think that food is, um, you know, in terms of the five factors. So five factors, again, is what we believe controls the outcome of your health. And that is what you eat. It's how you exercise and move. It's how you sleep. It's how you think. And it's how you connect um, with others. Mm-hmm. So all of those super massively important, but the most like controllable, the most like black and white, the most like um, yes or no binary is food. Like, are you giving your kids Doritos or carrots? Mm-hmm. Like the connection one is fuzzy, right? Like it's it's the, the, the strength of your relationships and the love and all of that. The thinking one is like, are you creating a growth mindset and an opportunity for learning and um, not embedding them with an ego along the way? And like even sleep is tough because there's, late night swim practices and early mornings and the fire alarm goes off and dot, dot, dot. Um, Movement, like they're in school sitting at desks for so long. And so, but food to me is like, it's up to the parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they go over to their friend's house, it's outside your control. Cool. Like that's fine. I'm okay with that. And when they do that, they can do and do their thing. And I'm okay with that. But I want to instill the right habits from a nutritional perspective from the best that I can. Um, and it's really no different than, um, what we do, me, you, and the rest of the people at the, at CrossFit New England do. We try to eat as much real food as possible, um, as well sourced as possible and, um, not, oh, not a bunch of it, not overeaten. Mm -hmm. And that's what it really comes down to. So we can get into, I don't know if that's, I don't know where you want to go with that, but, um, Mm -hmm. we can get into like the actual specifics of it. Um, you know, what we do for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and how we mitigate Halloween and you yeah. know, all the way, all the rest. Yeah. I think we can definitely get into that. Cause I, th- I think you're right. That that is a, at least as a place to start. I think that that makes the most sense for a little bit of context for folks who don't know. And I just said it for myself. I've got a, I've got a one-year-old and a four-year-old just, just again, just so folks are kind of up to speed. Talk to me a b- little bit about the, the, the kids in the house that yeah. you've got, that you, that you've, um, had to figure this stuff out for. So we're lucky because we kind of got to do this. Um, we got a, like a, a second chance. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, like people are like, you learn from your mistakes. Well, yep. And we made a, a fair amount. Not to say that the kids ended up like, our, our, our older kids are ama- like amazing, amazing, amazing. One of them works with me at CompTrain. Um, they're like, um, but we have a 21-year-old, a 17-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. Got it. So you've run the gamut. So maybe start with. And the 21 year old is in college, but when she's, uh, she's uh, local about an hour and a half away and when she's home, she lives with us. Got it. Maybe let's start with those mistakes. Cause I think that may, that, that might be a good place to, to kind of put a flag in the ground. When you say that, when you say, you know, you look back and you realize the the mistakes you made and the mistakes are relative. Obviously you probably weren't feeding the kids Twinkies for dinner and thinking it was okay. But like, what were some of those mistakes that you feel like you do have a, a chance to make sure you don't make again with with the with the littles. So the um, 
so the older two are from Heather's previous marriage. Um, and they raise their kids differently from a nutritional perspective than we are. And not to say it's right or wrong at all. Um, but one of the things that we made the conscious choice of going forward was like, we're just not going to have any junk in the house at all ever. So it's not a fight. What before, um, we would have junk in the house, particularly like when we go down to visit my mom or something like that. And it was the word that comes, it's not, it's not a nightmare, but it's like, that, that was like, that's what I remember it as. Yeah. It was hard, like really hard of this constant battle of like, no, you can't have it. No, you can't have it. Okay, let's try something else. Okay, they can have three treats a day. Okay, that didn't work. Okay, then we're going to do like nothing until you're, if you're really good, then we'll go after ice cream afterwards. And like, God, it was like this constant, it, it was that, it was unrelenting constant. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't fun. So one of the things that we've done is like, we just don't have it in that. We just, honestly, we have um, the biggest like kind of junk foodie thing that we would have in our house is um, gluten-free bread mm-hmm. or um, tortilla chips. And those become the treats. That's the snack. That's the things that they ask for. Mm-hmm. Um but because they're not like, they're not used to having gogurts and Swedish fish and whatever these, like, um, it's like, and popcorn, popcorn's the other treat that we have. Yep. And um, we give our kids gluten-free bread, um, but we, it's um, not a lot. It's a couple slices a day and they have to have it with um, like on an egg sandwich on a Saturday morning um, or um, on a. Uh, grass-fed burger um, and then we'll do movie night once a week and we'll do popcorn then and then we do um, get together with the neighbors once a week and that's when the tortilla chips come out and it's just red it's, they just know it and it's done and people are like I, I know what the argument already people are listening to it they're like that's so strict then we know what's going to happen is they're going to grow up and they're going to like binge on it they're going to go out to all these other things and they're going to um, when they go to their friend's house they're going to be the ones that are out of control and stuff like that and maybe, yeah, maybe, um, but I'm still taking control of what I can control. And that's not what I've seen to date. And we have a 21-year-old, we have a 17-year-old, we have a nine-year-old and six-year-old. Um, and one of the examples I'll give is like my dad took our nine-year-old out for ice cream. And um, my dad was um, got him an ice cream and he's like, do you want something to drink? And they had all the drinks, right? It's like um, these, all the funky juices and the... Um, soda, different flavored sodas and soda waters and all this stuff. And he was, they call my, they call my dad Gumpa. Um, and Bodhi was like, oh, Gumpa, they have water. They have water, <laughs> Gumpa. And like, you got a water. It's like, yep. now maybe that's me being my neat, you know, naive dad that like, here's only the good stories and stuff like that. But um, still, like, I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to have them grow up knowing what good food is. Mm-hmm. and what junk is mm-hmm. um so and th- because of that they've created uh, and it would anyone that's done this before will understand this they eat super clean i shouldn't say so they very they re- clean um when they don't they get belly aches mm. and then they associate the belly ache with the junk food um and i think that's a i think that's a, a positive thing because what if you don't eat clean you just eat junk food that you don't recognize that food is that disruptive to your gut. Mm. Yep. 
How how have you guys? Maybe maybe you haven't, but I'm curious. I'm thinking, you know, back to what you just said, where at least at at some point you would go to your mom's house and there would be junk everywhere, and it, it would be kind of the battle, the constant battle. One, how do you deal with the reality that um, that you will go places and um, not not just friends' house and they kind of disappear, they'll go for a night, but like recurring, like you go you go to your yeah. mom's house all the time. Is it? Do you work? Do you talk to your mom about like, hey, we're coming next weekend? Can we make sure that there aren't any popsicles within sight or whatever? Like, do you worry about that at all, or do you literally just like, my house is where I have the control, and that's where I'm going to focus? No, I d- I don't like <laughs> um, have my mom like restock the house with stuff. <laughs> it's like it is what it, like it's her thing. It's if, and she feels good giving the kids treats like that. I'd say the biggest difference between like the younger kids and the older kids is that the younger kids never get it. So when they get one or two, it's a big thing. Yeah. And they're not looking for constant. When we would go down before, it was constant. Yep. They would have the popsicle and then an hour later it was like, can I have the chips? And then an hour later it would be like, can I have the um, you know, the chocolate covered raisins and can I have the the Oreos and can I have the it was just this kind of like constant battle because it was there. And now it's um it's much more um we let them have it. Um, usually it's like a, they have like the, the, they're called light and fit yogurts that, that mm-hmm. it's by Danian and it sounds like it's supposed to be healthy. They're not, it's, <laughs> um, but that's like their treat when they're down there. My mom makes some pancakes, um, when they're down there. Um, and then they'll have, that's like the two biggest things that they go for. Oh, another treat that we have at our house sometimes is like rice cakes, like that to them is a treat and it's crunchy. It's salty. It's, um, but it's just not as much of a, a constant battle. It's not a constant battle. It's like when we go there, if we're going to go there for the weekend and they have two or three of these things throughout the day, it's not a big deal. Like that's at all for us. Speaking of speaking of big deal, do you make nutrition or food a big deal in your house or by virtue of it, the other stuff, the junk not being there, you kind of take away ammunition for a conversation in other words do you make a big deal of like you're getting a rice cake now and rice cakes aren't that bad etc etc or do you just kind of let that play out like how conscious are the younger kids that are how conscious are the younger kids of the fact that they're not eating the way most kids eat they're they're conscious of it because when they go to school and they show up with their their lunches look very different than other people's um and they're aware of it our kids, um, maybe this is like the brainwashing aspect that we started like from ground zero, but we talked about like, um, this is real food. That is not real food. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about that a lot. Um, so that's our biggest thing is like them understanding that it's okay not to eat real food every now and then, but like just growing up with that being the norm and the principle, um, you know, Frank, I wish that, you know, I wish I had that. Like, mm-hmm. so I understood you know, I probably wouldn't have allergies like I do now if that was the case. I'm um, not saying that that is the reason, but like um, um, I would have loved to have been brought up with that educational side of things. And I don't think we make a big deal of it. It's like normal conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, just kind of dripped in here or there. It's not like we don't like um, – have them like kneel down and like, I, I like slowly lower the rice cake from up above and be like, you should you try that now once. have see what Bodhi says <laughs> of rice cake. What, um, it, 
what are the what do you do? What does it look like now? And I know Maya's probably a little bit aged out of this, but certainly when she was a teenager and when Jonah was is obviously still a teenager, what does it look like when they start to have some autonomy over their own diet, over what they do on a regular basis? Certainly more than a nine year old and a six year old. Yep. Um, what were those conversations like? What were the challenges there? Given that that might be the age where they start kind of pushing back a little bit if yep. they're going to at all. Yeah, we don't really police them at all with that. Um, and they certainly can go and do what they want with it. Um, and with that at home, like um, Jonah makes a lot of like open-faced sandwiches. Yep. So he'll take a piece of the gluten-free toast. He'll put either some like uh, um, um, like – short ribs or something like that. He's a really good, this it's delicious. So he, he's a really good cook. He'll put like, mm. um, open faced sandwich. Um, he'll put maybe like some cheese on that. Um, some braised short rib or something like that that we get from paleo power meals diced up on top of that. And then some like shredded lettuce with a little aioli on top of that. And maybe like a fried egg on top of that. Mm-hmm. And that's his, like, I'm doing eating whatever it is I could possibly want to eat. And that's so, but that's, like I am so okay with that. Like that's totally fine. I'm not saying they have to have like kale and you know fermented vegetables at every meal. Um, <laughs> what we don't, we just don't want the processed foods. So if if we just like get people to not, and Maya will go and get um, a sandwich from a a shop, or they'll get um, Chipotle, or they'll go like cool, cool, cool no soda, no juice, no processed foods. If we're doing that, gosh, like I think that we're just like so far along the battle. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, I, w- I want to assume that to some degree, the Bergeron clan, the Bergeron house is a little bit of an outlier. So, outlier. so I'm trying to kind of get you to like, what, how would you start this process short of just like literally taking everything out of the pantry and starting over. Like how would you start the process of doing something that looks like what you guys are doing from a place that's maybe a little bit more standard, a little bit more common? Like, would it be a hard edge? We're done. We're doing, we're throwing it all out. Screw it. We're never eating this again. Or like, how would you start making that transition so that it wasn't massively disruptive to everybody in the house, or is maybe the massive disruption part of the part of the the value in it? Yeah, I I um I know that this is probably where EC and I are at odds because I think mm. she would say like take the little baby steps and dot dot mm. dot dot dot. If it's in the house, it's going to get eaten. Yep. Like I just can't say like if it's in the house, the reason it is in the house is so that it will get eaten. Like we just have to like connect the dots. You brought it in the house so it would be eaten. Like if you don't think it's good for your kids, why are you bringing it in the house? Like, it's just like, it's, it's like, I don't want my kids like doing meth. So I don't bring meth in the house. Like, I don't want my kids like huffing on propane. So I don't bring pope. Like I, and people are like, oh my God, it's such a, it's such like an exaggeration. It's like, I don't know. Like when you understand the biology of what happens to your, when you eat crap, what happens to you, you are just from eating clean, just from eating clean. The estimates are a decade mm-hmm. of your life. You're giving your kids 10 more years of life. To me, that's like, 
Um, cigarettes are about 20 years. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it, we're not like, I just think it's really powerful. I just really, really think it's powerful. So for that reason, um, I would figure out what are the things that you're okay with. Um, create some, a lot of this just goes into like, um, you know, kind of regular discipline, um, mm-hmm. structure, um, figure out like, what does it mean to like, it's really easy for us as well because we only watch TV once a week. You know, we watch TV on Friday nights. Um, Saturdays, they can watch TV in the morning. Saturday morning, our, our version was Saturday morning cartoons. There's a Saturday morning iPads. Yep. Um, and then they can do Saturday nights as well. And they usually do it with the neighbors. Um, but besides that, we don't do screens. So it's because we don't do screens. It's really easy. Like it's, that's usually when people are like, can I have dot, 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 dot. And if it's in the house, they're going to ask, can I have dot, 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 dot. Or they're going to sneak it or something else. Mm-hmm. So figure out what the things are that you want. I kind of listed a few for me. It's um, corn chips, tortilla chips, um, popcorn, um, gluten-free bread, toast. Um, you know, whether that's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for somebody else, whatever it might be. Um, whether it's like a, um, I don't know, frozen yogurt, whatever you decide it is. And then remove everything else so it's not a fight. Mm-hmm. I just I I know that's the more that's the the harder thing. Yes, like do hard things now so everything else is easier later. Mm-hmm. Create the environment. And if you don't believe in the power of this, like don't do it. Like, oh my God. Like, don't yeah. do it. Like this, that would be insanity. That'd be like <laughs> someone telling me to do something that I don't believe in. Like, I'm not gonna fall. Why would I ever do that? Like mm-hmm. Um, but if you're curious about it, maybe just dig into nutrition a little bit more and the understanding what happens to your gut when you eat crappy foods and what happens to your body and all the operating systems when you, when your gut is unhealthy. Um, and once you understand, you can you make the links, it's kind of like the way we've talked about a lot. It's like the way you frame it, right? Like I, yeah. I'm, I frame this as like, it, it doesn't become a choice at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, the first book that this ever happened with was when I, the first nutrition book I ever read was In Defense of Food by Michael Pollan. And once I read that book, it just completely flipped my perspective on food, what food is. Um, and it's never been, it's never been a struggle since. Mm-hmm. Is it easy? No. But there's a difference, big difference between like challenging and a struggle. Like it's a mm-hmm. challenge to... Um, say no to birthday cake when you're at a party and everyone's being passed around. That's a that's challenging for sure. Yep. Is it a struggle? I don't know if I go that far. Yeah, because if it was a struggle, I would probably just do it. And I, it's not like I never. So other things that we do, maybe just kind of paint the picture a little bit. We do pizza every now and then. We do pizza at everyone's birthday parties. We do cake. We do cake at everyone's birthday parties. Um, we go for ice cream probably once a week during the summer. Um, so it's not like this, like, you know, um, carrots, kale, and wild-caught salmon, you know, 21 meals a day. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't go on a scale beforehand or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a normal plate for our kids, so like a, my, Harley eats, Harley and Bodie eat very, very consistently. Um, for Bodie, what we do is get uh, a, um, a pound. It's This is dinner. He does a pound, which is insane. He's a tiny little peanut of a guy. A pound of um, grass-fed um, bison or beef um, with taco seasoning. Mm-hmm. He'll get uh, two gluten-free wraps. 
and he makes like little tacos out of that. And he has a side of carrots and cucumbers um, or maybe like strawberries and apples. Mm-hmm. And usually it's usually a combination of any form of those two. So mm-hmm. two veggies or two um, fruits. Harley usually does a burger um, on gluten-free bread and then she'll do the same sides, carrots, cucumbers. She does peppers, um, apples, strawberries, raspberries, stuff like that. Yep. Love that. I feel like we're, we're this could this could very easily be like a two-hour conversation because there's lots of questions in my head. But one of them is, uh, which one do I want to do first? Food as a treat. You kind of you kind of alluded to it a little bit, like oh, if you're good and you pay attention and whatever, you can get a ice cream sundae later. Obviously, that's not something that you are doing, but how to get out of that habit if you've gotten into that habit, which I think is an easy one to get into. I think I remember this might have happened before I had kids, so I didn't fully understand it, but I do now. At some point, we were talking about something here, and you're like, some part of parenting is bribing, right? Yeah. And figuring yeah, yeah, yeah. out yeah. the right way to, to to manage that reality is is um, part of parenting. And so I, I, I always think about that. But um, so for folks who maybe got into the bad habit of using food as a treat, as a bribe of if you sit still what, until we get home, you can get a cookie or whatever. Um, removing the, the the environment question, right? If it's not in the house, I can't I can't offer it to you as a bribe. But if for f- folks out there do who have maybe stumbled into that as a habit, any sense of how to unwind that or how to stop thinking about food as a treat? Nope, because we're doing it. <laughs> so I mean, we did it last night. Like we're trying to get last night was the first night that we tried to get the kids to shower by themselves. Mm. Big, massive step. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, just frees up like 25 minutes of parent time at the end of the night. Like, yeah. cause you, you shower one, you dry them off, you lotion, you do all whatever it is. You get them to brush their teeth and yeah. um, comb their hair before bed. And then, job. and then the next one comes in and you do it. So it's on. So that was the bribe last night. It was mm-hmm. Bodie, nine-year-old. If you can get Harley to shower and get her PJs and teeth brushed, um, if you guys work together on this, mom will take you for ice cream after school tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we're doing it. So yeah. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but <laughs> it's there. I mean, I, yeah. I, what we don't do is I, I, so we might use it as like reward system. Yep. What I'm, what I'm consciously not doing is emotional eating, mm. which other people do. Like, um, which is, um, this would happen more for like, uh, it happened at any age. Like, um, but Bodhi might come home cause he was like bullied on the bus or something like that. Like, Oh Bodhi, it's okay. Do you want a bowl of ice cream? Mm. We don't do that. Like for sure. Like, um, like Jonah broke up with your 17 year old, broke up with your girlfriend. I'm sorry. Do you want to go out to five guys? Like we don't do that, mm. but I don't think food as a celebration as a reward is necessarily wrong. I think food's been a rewards part of the reward system forever. Honestly, it's like think of like Thanksgiving, like it's like you're yep. you're celebrating the harvest. Yeah. So I don't know if it's wrong. Like it is a reward. Like food is awesome. There's taste buds. There's hormones that are released when you do it. I think to do anything else is like pretending it's something it's not. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to be a mechanism for coping with real world situations. Yep. Yep. Um, it strikes me a couple couple kind of big things. Maybe we can start to wrap up because I know we've got a time crunch today. Um, and this is something that I think we can come back to if folks are interested in us continuing to explore five factors in kids. So so let me know on Instagram if if that is the case. But 
two kind of big principles here, two like um, maybe foundational pieces that strikes me as like being in place that allow you to get to where you guys are at. And the first is, and you can take either of these, one of them, if one more is more interesting, but is that Heather is on board. And by that, I mean, like you guys see this in the same way or roughly the same way you've come up with a, an agreement of this is what we do here. This is how we operate. And so that's part of one, like one thing is like, if you didn't have that, even if Heather was like, you know, let's just say you're at a hundred percent and Heather's at 75% or 80%, right? Like she's not out there eating ice yeah. cream every night, but like, maybe she's like, ah, it doesn't really matter that much. Right. And so how important is that is the first question. And then the second question is, um, how important it sounds obvious, but like, could you do this if you and Heather weren't in fact living this life as well? Because that as, as you know, back to the bribery thing, it, it's easy to, to fall into the do as I say, and not as I do don't, don't, you know, you're not, you're not going to watch too much TV, but when they turn around, you're on your phone or uh, you, you're whatever yeah. flipping through YouTube, I right? Like, so there's that part of it as well. Like, how important are those two things in your ability to be successful in this pursuit? Okay. I don't know the answer to how important they are, but man, I wouldn't want to do this another way. Like I, yeah. if Heather wasn't on board, I would probably default to her. I wouldn't pull her up. I would just mm -hmm. kind of sink to her, her, where she is, I think. And then yeah. over time, just like anything else through like the slow drip, 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 which I think is the best leadership principle anyway, is like, yep. um, um, just try to like morph it appropriately and have like this little soft conversations here or there about this and that. Um, and then from the other side of the, the is essentially what we're speaking to is like the integrity of leadership. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions speak so loudly. Like if you're don't eat that, but then you're going taking this, you know, the, the eating the hog and dogs straight from the carton and, you know, going and like they walk in your room late night and you're watching TV yeah. If that's not going to, that just creates a, a massive level of distrust. Mm -hmm. So um, if we weren't doing it, I wouldn't do it. I would never ask my kids to do something that I wasn't doing or willing to do. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's, yeah, that's got to be. So, and they see us doing it. Like they, it's, so it's really easy. Kids accept, uh, I think we make this harder than, um, kids will fall in line. Mm. Um I've, I've seen so many kids that have been like diagnosed with celiac disease that can no longer eat gluten. And the parents think it's going to be this like huge, crazy big deal that will, kids fall in line like yeah. really quickly. Like they adapt, they adapt way better than kids with masks, right? Mm. The whole mask thing with the kid, kids don't have any issue with masks in schools whatsoever at all. It's the adults that have the issue with it. They'll just accept the, the realities of the situation in which they're presented. Um, we're the ones that make a kind of a bigger deal than this, than it is. And, um, but we just try to make it really easy. You know, Saturday mornings, um, I do breakfast for the kids every Saturday mornings and it's easy. I, I, I chop the top off of a carton of strawberries. So between the two of them, they have a carton of strawberries. I cut up, um, an apple for each of them. So they have all of this fruit. Um, and then I do, um, a piece and a half of gluten-free toast for each of them with some um, clarified butter on it and um, some um, like well-sourced bacon. And that's their breakfast. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, that's a, that's a great win for them to, to start the day um, to have that. And then, 
you know, it's really simple. It's kind of like we talked about, it's that produce and protein diet. It's like, that's what we're just trying to give our kids. If they have like a couple pieces of bread here, there, no big deal at all. If they're over at their friend's house and they have um, some popsicles or ice cream, no big deal whatsoever. But, you know, people chase the 80-20 rule. Well, we don't have to, ch- we're not chasing it. It's, we know it's happening. Mm-hmm. Last question, which um, might might seem both obvious and interesting, which is when you just alluded to it, right? You just alluded to like a principle of leadership. How important in this whole thing that we're talking about here, where we're, we're um, trying to take the principles that we are ourselves trying to live by and, and however we can kind of hand that down to our kids. How important is it in your mind to think of yourself as mom, as dad, as a leader and not as something else. I, I, you know, I don't know what that other thing would be, but yep. to literally consider yourself the leader of the house, the leader of the clan. Is that a helpful um, perspective or, or, or paradigm shift in your mind? I could do a whole episode on this. So I could talk about mm. this forever. So I'll give you the pared down version. Give me the um, two minute drill version and then maybe we'll do a full okay. episode. Yes, it's very important to see yourself as a leader, but seeing yourself as a leader, um, you are now playing a role that will then potentially disconnect you from the true essence of a relationship that you could have with your kids. Interesting. So the leadership role, leaders are responsible for three things. Um, Establishing the culture, establishing the vision, and um, creating execution within the organization. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have to do all three of those things incredibly intentionally. You are in control of the culture of your family what your family stands for, the principles, the actions, decisions, behaviors. That is all, that is formulated by the leaders, you and your spouse. Mm -hmm. The vision is what you want to become, like being intentional with where you're going. Do you want to be the family that dot, dot, dot? Well, then take Mm -hmm. the steps that get you to dot, dot, dot. And the last one is the execution. You don't get to go dot, dot, dot without actually taking the steps. Even just like laying out a map, you have to like figure out what is, and this is where like accountability, standards, um, getting people to be the best versions of themselves and truly connecting with each person on an individual level comes in. So you as a parent, that's the role, dude. Like that's the deal. Like they don't need another friend. They need a mom and a dad. Mm -hmm. But- if you fall too far into that role, you can um, create um, gaps, inherent um, where you are always right and you are always the dominant one, where you are always um, um, laying out a level of guilt, where you are always, or the opposite, you're submissive one, you're the fun one, you're, we all play roles. And roles um, are built into our subconscious and the subconscious is at odds with complete awareness and complete awareness is enlightenment, is true connection, is love, is being. And as a family, that's what we want equally as important. So you have these like opposing factors at play at all times, which is I have to be the leader. I have I I I need to direct the family in the direction that I see best for them. At the same time, um, truly, truly connecting on them on a unconditional love perspective. And mm. just to define what that means, conditional love is I will love you as long as you dot dot dot. As long as you don't steal from me. As long as you don't cheat on me. As long as you don't mm. um, disparage our name. Whatever it is 
Unconditional love is I will love you regardless of what you do. And this is like parent, like spouses. Even if you cheat on me, I will love you no matter. That's true. That is unconditional love. That's what it means. Unconditioned. Like it doesn't matter what happens. And we have these two things which you have to be like the leader, but also provide unconditional love. It's hard. <sighs> Aren't all Maybe. cool things hard? Like if it's easy, like then it's, it's easy. Like easy is like, you know, watching a rom-com. Yep. Actually, it's not easy for you and I. Like we don't like <laughs> All right. I'm going to make a note to, to maybe dive into that in a future episode. Um, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Thank you to everybody out there listening. If you want more conversations like this, find us, let us know. Um, this is a little bit outside of what we usually do, but also clearly something that both you and I think a lot about. And so it would be a natural fit for us to kind of um, figure out where and how to have these conversations more often. Uh, thank you everybody out there for listening, for your ratings and your reviews. Ben and I will be back with another episode of Chasing Excellence next week. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening. The drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you, inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed's provided by Strayer University affiliates of Field Learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef.